Set your phasers to sexy Welcome to another episode of True North Nerds. Yay! Woo, woo, woo. This week, um, the news, we're going to talk some Moon Knight, and we have a little bit of a game of sorts coming from Jen. Um, but first, we have Ryan. Hello. We have Jen. Hi. And we don't have Kevin, because as previously mentioned, Kevin is on vacation, and he went to Star Trek... Is it called Mission Chicago? Yes. Something like that? I believe so. And, uh, but judging by his photos and other things, it looks like he had a lot of fun and is, uh, probably going to have like almost an episode unto himself next, <laughs> next episode. Cause mm-hmm. a lot of stuff sort of, uh, he can give us a really good review of the convention and it looked like, uh, he did a lot and he got to drink with, uh, members of Discovery. So, uh, yeah, a little jealous. <laughs> Just hoping he made good friends with them, so then maybe we can worm our way down to Toronto sometime and sneak onto the set or something. Yeah, or if they want to call into the show. Yeah, I'm that always works open too. to that. I'd rather sneak on the set myself, but I guess we <laughs> could talk to them. I, I I would love to be like just like a random dude on one of those sets. Like, put me in a Starfleet uniform and have me walk in the background and yeah, I'd be happy. Tell me to, I'll stand back too and push the random buttons. Boop, boop, yep. boop. I would want to do, like, the alien makeup. I would like to be, like, the extra in the background that just pushes me buttons but gets, like, full-on alien makeup. I think that would be fun. <laughs> I'd like to do the alien makeup, but I don't want to do the process of the alien yeah. makeup. <laughs> I think you'd, I would go through it. Like, it's not like you'd have to go through it. For like weeks and weeks and weeks, if you're just like an alien in the background with for like one shot, you'd do it for a day and then you'd be done. Wait a minute. Yeah, that's true. Are they paying me to sit in the chair to get makeup put on the whole time? Probably. Then I'll do it. (laughs) Or be a Klingon. That'd be kind of cool. This morning's episode is that sound when you heard Klingon. Because you you, you cut me off because I'm drinking my coffee. That's very tasty. Okay. Oh, okay. This episode with that. is brought. To, well, I tried to, and you keep cutting me off. <laughs> What's in the news this week, Ryan? <laughs> I don't know. Stuff. I was in a good mood. My coffee was making me happy. I don't know. Was, uh, uh, thanks, Jen. <laughs> Oh, where to start? Um, let's start with some of the oldest stuff. Um, so we got a new Doctor Strange trailer, like, uh, just after the last episode. It's a short trailer. It's only, like, one minute, but we get some interesting new looks at things. 
we get to see a pretty clear version of a uh, visual version vision appearance of what seems to be uh zombie Doctor Strange and Zombie Wanda. Mm-hmm. So uh more interesting tidbits for that upcoming movie. Uh plus we see a glowy person that's hard to tell who they are. So uh, that'll be interesting to find out because they're like all like yellowy, red, glowy with like a blue power source or like something glowing in their chest or they're gathering energy or something. But uh, who that is, I don't know. And I look forward to finding out. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm really looking forward to that movie. Yeah, the more we hear about it and the more we see about it, but not actually seeing anything. Uh, the more I, I think it's going to be, it, it's, uh, again, part of the, the Marvel experimental phase, right? Like we're trying a couple little different things here and this is going to be part of the, uh, the horror side of things. Yeah. And, you know, they have said at one point that there's actually more Marvel characters in this movie than any other movie. And, uh, that alone should be interesting considering, well, look at how many people were inside, uh, in, uh, end game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't. I wonder what like. Part of me wonders if that's a uh, like. We're going to see a scene from Endgame. Endgame plus yeah. like other stuff. So they're counting it when in, yeah, exactly. in reality it's like, come on, guys. And, and if that's if that's the way it happens, then hey, they didn't lie. No, true, but exactly. But um, okay, so we'll move on to the so so another Marvel movie news. We um we got some leaks for Thor: Love and Thunder, not yeah. story leaks or movie leaks, but once again we got toy leaks. <laughs> uh, so the now ultimate I'm... spoiler, exactly. <laughs> and this time it's not Lego first. Yeah, I was gonna say it's not Lego spoiling shit this time. No, right out of uh, the Marvel six inch Marvel Legends action figures. Um, from the back room of a Walmart in, uh, I think it was Western the United States, um, we got the, our first look at the whole wave of figures coming out that haven't even been announced by um, by Hasbro yet. So we get our first look at uh, Thor. Sorry, like sorry, Rav, as it's called Ravager Thor. So that's the Thor we see in some of the promotional imagery or like on the set behind the scenes in like the like the red vest. Uh, we get Mighty Thor, which is Jane Foster Thor. Mm-hmm. We get uh, a Thor, like another Thor, like it looks a like Thor. Like, Thor Thor. Thor. <laughs> we get Valkyrie, sorry, King Valkyrie, and we get Gore. Who's Gore? Gore he, is he, the villain. He's yeah. the God Butcher, played by Christian Bale. Yes, which is going to be like a complete CGI. Well, probably like mostly CGI, maybe makeup look. Um, and it is interesting that this is the first look we get at this character. Uh, how accurate to the final movie appearance it will be, we don't know because yet the thing, uh, take into account that these toys would have been based on the early renderings, early sketches, early you know drawings of what these characters were going to look like. So that's, yeah. you know, for toys to come out at the same time as a movie, they do them based on early shots and early drawings. Now, over time, that changes. Uh, good example, when we got the uh, Endgame 2-pack that had uh, 
figures in the time travel suits, well, they they were gray, or mostly like different. You know, the coloring between the figures and then the final movie ones were very different. Um, a lot of uh, other figures. Like recently, we've gotten an Endgame Thor, and we didn't get one before because you know, first they didn't want to spoil that that look for the movie, and uh, they didn't have it. You know, they didn't have time between the time the movie for release and all that kind of fun production, you know, it takes time to make figures. So mm-hmm. I thought it was interesting that they've assuming this is going to be close, that Gore's paint job is all white. Yeah. Whereas in comparison to the comic, he's like all black due in part to his sword being like a symbiote or some such thing. Yeah. <laughs> so it'll be interesting. Who knows? Maybe this is like early Gore. And we get a different look at him by you know before the movie's done when he becomes more of like a god butcher gore. Yeah, or this is dis- distancing it from the the symbiote storyline from the comics. That's true too, because that that is firmly into Sony territory, right? Yeah, and even I don't. It'd be very interesting to talk to uh, it's Jason Aaron that wrote that 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 run, right? Yep. To find out from him, and he may have already stated this somewhere. I don't know if the sword and the whole connection with gore and that black goo is it a symbiote or not or was that oh, just been or if that was if, if that was his original intention yeah or is it an after the fact thing that marvel's done oh they oh we can do this and it was like yeah. okay uh so there's so that you know that's that um a marvel actress or actor who we want to refer to it nowadays um has been cast in another big movie franchise uh brie larson has decided to join the family and she is going to be cast in the next fast and the furious movie oh is she somebody long lost sister who knows we don't know any details um but yeah she's she's joining that cast so maybe she's another villain don't know Charlize uh, Theron was pretty awesome as a villain in whichever movie I saw her in. She was in a couple of those, but yeah, exactly. So she's, you know, so there's, there's, you know, they're standing for it, you know, but you know, we'll wait and see that one's being worked on. Uh, I'm, I'm jumping around on my list here, so forgive me for a second. <laughs> um, oh, geez, I don't want that. What the hell? Pop up <laughs> just, there we go. There's been, uh, apparently there's been a, a, an early screening of The Flash already. Really? And, yeah, and then it sounds like it may have just been you know, a portion of it, because it seems to, uh, there's been some teases that have leaked out of it, and there's about a good, apparently a 10 to 20 minute team up in the movie with Ben Affleck's Batman. Oh, yeah, wow. We had, we had heard rumors to the to that effect so that's yeah. not too surprising but. no but apparently now we know it's part of the movie it's there which considering this past week's um, marvel comic book and some other stuff that's i'm not marvel of course uh dc comic book that's come out uh it's not surprising you know that they're starting to you know there's a hint of connecting more of the comics to those movies uh, with upcoming stuff. And then uh, just yesterday or the day before, 
as we're recording this, uh, stories started leaking out from Warner Brothers Discovery that the uh, the, the people at the top are uh, not happy with the DC film division and are looking to overhaul it. Um, and they are on a quest to find their own Kevin Feige. They want cool. someone with a vision that will, I guess, spearhead and shepherd the whole thing all together. Uh, in some of the stories I've read, they talked about the successes of movies like Aquaman and Wonder Woman and Shazam, like these standalone movies, working that they have been successful, but then how I guess they have they've lacked that central idea, like the bringing you know that it, Justice League and I guess Batman VBS didn't work the way they wanted them to, or as much as they wanted them to. I kind of have a theory for why the DCU didn't work. Go for it. I think, and this is just me kind of thinking off the top of my head. I think the reason it's not working, it's that all of the DCU heroes are too powerful. So if you look at the Marvel universe, it seems like every hero has like their specific thing. Like, and I know that in some DCU heroes, it's the same way, but like, <clears throat> you know, we have one person who does the magic and we have one person who does the tech and we have one person and they all kind of have realistic personality and uh, character weaknesses. And I mean, you can make the argument that, yeah, DC, are, they do it too, but I don't think that the weaknesses and the character development in the DCU, like they've made their heroes to be gods Whereas Marvel makes their heroes to be people with powers. So I feel like the reason that when you have Superman and Wonder Woman and Batman and Aquaman in one movie, it's not as easy to have. Uh, like, it has to be almost like a an epic. Um, it has to be like this huge, like, glow, like universal or cosmic or, or like God level epic type of a plot line in order for all of them to have some sort of a struggle. Otherwise it's too easy. Cause I mean, like look at Superman, for example, he can do everything. So, I mean, I think they tried, but I don't think that I think because the, the heroes are too above like what normal humans are, it's harder for us to relate to them and see them other than these godlike people. It's kind of like, it's I'm, I'm looking I'm sorry I'm kind of like thinking of this as I go but it's like a mythological point of view like if you think about uh, ancient Greek mythology for example the reason why uh, the ancient Greeks seemed to they their their gods were gods but they were human gods they had flaws but then if you look at for example Christianity uh, the Christian God is a god like he's unattainable he's he's untouchable so I feel like you don't you can't relate to them on a personal level because they are so unattainable. So I feel like that's kind of maybe why those movies aren't working. It's maybe they've DC has structured their heroes or at least their flagship heroes to be so high up that, you know, it's really difficult to make a movie that people will relate to as in the same level as they do for the Marvel movies, because they're just like gods. Does that make sense? A little bit. Yeah, yeah. Part of what you said has been the ongoing argument between DC and Marvel since yeah. people started arguing against DC and Marvel. Exactly. But uh, yeah, no, you know, it's, 
you can't really argue with what you just said there. Um, I think the big problem with what they've been going on is they haven't had the cohesion. You know, they haven't had the, the grand plan. Yeah, that we're too. just like we need the Justice League movie, then we'll go out from there. Whereas we're all used to the let's introduce the people first and then bring them together. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. But again, it's because those characters are so big, it's hard to do like a let's get to know them type of a movie, and then bring it together into a, a bigger movie. Because the like the original movie has to already be so big because those characters are so big, right? Yeah, <laughs> like you need a threat that like you just can't explain that Superman can murder within two. Yeah, seconds, which is it, again has always been sort of like the interesting conundrum when you're like even with DC Comics, right? Like it's you need a Superman level threat. Like what? Because why isn't he just taking care of all the threats? Cause he kind of can. Or you need but, to do like what they tried to do and kill him off. But I'm like, you can't, if people are going to see a DCU movie, they're expecting Superman to be in it. And I think that was probably, that's why they had to resurrect him. It's because, you know, like because he's one of their flagship characters, right? You think of DCU, you think of Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, yeah, like, but those are the three that make it really difficult, like you said, for any other kind of a threat to challenge them because they're so powerful. Yeah, well, I think they're in, so that's the thing. The DC individual movies have been decent. There's been nothing yeah. wrong with them. Now they should have done them first, and then yeah. they, they could have even done Justice League with you know the level the, the threat they had was good. It's Dark Side. You know that's a world ending. That's an apocalypse level of threat. You have an invading alien army perfect where that's a reason to bring them all together especially for the first time whether yeah. you bring do dark side could have done it right from the co- could have been starro but we had to end up with starro in suicide <laughs> squad which was, was great, great. <laughs> but no that's a reason like that's a that's the kind of threat level that deserves a justice league um the bigger problem like, and and then i see i read an article this morning where the top you know, the top people also at uh, Warner Brothers now are feeling this way that um, I guess the newer president, that guy that's, that guy brought in, uh, feels that Superman was misused and has been underused and that Superman should be spearheading or being used more in their DC movie universe, um, which brings me I go back to my argument and back to get back on my soapbox about you don't kill off Superman in mm-hmm. your second movie. Yeah. Yeah. Doing just looking at the comics, you you can you could have done you do a couple of Superman movies like you know, we get away. Maybe you bring in Metallo or Brainiac or any of the other Superman villains and you give us another Man of Steel movie. Fine. Then we get a Batman movie with this Batman or we get more Wonder Woman and Aquaman, and we get that all that stuff. Then we get, you know, then then you do Doomsday, and you kill Superman, and you follow it up. You get, there's a trilogy there waiting to happen, and you just follow the comics. You do Doomsday, you kill Superman, Reign of the Supermen. Then you get to introduce four different Supermen, and then you end that one the way, cliff, you know, spoiler, uh, with. Uh, Mongol and War World invading, and we find out that Cyborg Superman's actually evil. And then you bring in Return of Superman as your your, your trilogy ending movie. 
And there you go. Three Superman movies. And if it's done right, it could have been done great. But I think they were too impatient. They needed to catch up to the MCU and they didn't they weren't yeah. patient enough to establish the movies like the MCU did. Exactly. Which is yeah, that was the biggest problem. But uh, yeah, so who knows what will happen coming out of all this? Um, so well, you know, it's, now we're waiting and see. We got Shazam, we got Black Adam coming out soon. Um, another Aquaman movie coming soon. So you know, there are movies coming, and and then we'll and Flashpoint. Flashpoint could come along and erase a whole bunch of this, right? That's what DC Flashpoints are for: is to hit the reset button. So. Yeah, but I think that's also confusing to the average moviegoer. It's like the amount of times that comics, and I don't know if it's specifically just DC or Marvel because I don't read the comics and I haven't for like I don't have the history, but it's like the constant resetting of the timeline is just confusing. Is all get out. Yep. But that's comics, and that's movies. yeah. But. Uh... So, and you know, so a little bit more DC com- uh, movie news. Uh, I didn't realize this until this week, uh, but as of re- the time this gets released on Monday, the Batman is going to be available to be watched on Crave here in Canada. Hmm. So I guess it the it's the forty five day window of uh, theatrical exclusivity will be done, and it will be available on HBO Max in the US and Crave here in Canada. So I look forward to sitting and watching that movie again from the comfort of my couch. I still don't want to see it. <laughs> uh, do, 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 do. Uh, who cares about that? Um, <laughs> oh, um, last little, there's only really a little bit left here. Uh, we got a new Stranger Things trailer, which excited me because I love Stranger Things. Uh, the first half of the of season four is coming out on uh, May 27th, and uh, we got to look at that, and it looks to be a pretty interesting season. Hmm. We see some stuff happening in Russia. We see some stuff happening in Hawkins. Uh, we see a a, a new big bad, or maybe it's the same big bad from all along. It's just it's got more of like a a hum- like a person body, like you know, two arms, two legs type thing. So should be interesting. I'm even thinking of taking that day off. Oh wow! So I can wow. watch things. Well, that's you know, a Friday. There's gonna be two new episodes of Obi Wan out that same day as well. <laughs> I have to work on Saturday. It's like that's that sounds like the good day to stay home and binge stuff. There you go. Um, and for news, I think that's all I've got for today. I got one thing. Okay. Go for it. So, uh, a little thing popped up on YouTube, and I saw it on Reddit. But uh, there is a video called "The End" that was posted on YouTube. And in it, Scrat from the um, Ice Age movies finally gets his acorn. He eats it, and that's the end. Is so it, does he choke movie, on it? Nope, he eats it. He kind of gives a little contented sigh, and he runs off. And so this was shot uh, in the final days of Blue Sky Studios, uh, which was the studios, I guess, that did Ice Age, I'm assuming. Um, mm-hmm. 
because I guess they got bought out by Disney. So I guess that's the end of Ice Age and Blue Sky Studios. So, you know, after about 20 years, <laughs> and when I heard that, I went, no, those movies aren't 20 years old. And then I did mental math and went, oh, God, I'm old. Um, yes. But Scrat finally got his acorn. And that made me very, that made me smile because honestly, the Scrat is the best part of all of the Ice Age movies. He's just so cute. And I loved watching him try to dig and hide his acorn. And then, you know, so if you get a chance, you can Google, you can find it by Googling Scrat gets his acorn or Googling uh, or the, the, the video is called the end posted on an account on YouTube called finale. Um, and uh, yeah, I just thought that that was very sweet and I'm very happy that Scrat finally got his acorn. <laughs> That was my news. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's interesting that they at least allowed them to kind of do something like that. Or maybe it was in the works before the, the buyout was going through. Who knows? Yeah. But it's a it's kind it's kind of a good way to mark off the the end of an era, I guess. Yeah. Which brings us to episodes two and three of Moon Knight. Dang. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> there's a lot going on, eh? It, it's yeah, but it's it's good. I feel that it's well paced. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, so in the the two episodes, we we get Moon Knight revealed, like sort of a little bit of what's going on, and uh, just the uh, the Egyptian pantheon, as it were, has been introduced a little bit more. I thought that was really interesting mm. that it's not just, it's not just uh Conchu and I guess Amit that have avatars. There's like a whole pantheon and that they're just like, why do they bother having avatars if they don't care what's going on in the human world this is my big thing. <laughs> like why, why bother? Just, I don't, you know, yeah, it's a, it's a very valid point. Yeah. Well, I think it sounded like they still have their avatars kind of doing kind of their will or their kind of they're following their way but in the grand scheme of things they just like yeah don't care because people stopped caring about them yeah but i really liked um which avatars were chosen by which gods to be um like like the humans that they chose to be their avatars so what was it to hathor um who's the goddess of beauty and music uh, interestingly depicted as a cow or as a, a hippo uh, in Greek or in Egyptian mythology, I believe. Um, she's either a hippo. No, she's a cow. She's a cow. Uh, she's this beautiful woman. And then I really liked, I think it was Ra who was the main guy, who was the sun god in Egyptian mythology. Um, and his avatar is like this lawyery looking guy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I kind of really I like how I like the, the uh, characters that they picked as their avatars. Yeah, well, just the uh, finding out that there have been other avatars even of Moon Knight, and finding out that the, you know our villain was a previous Moon mm -hmm. uh, avatar. Mm. Yeah, um, and that part of the deal that Mark has made is he's taken on the mantle to prevent his wife from being picked. <sighs> Yeah, Conchu's totally my favorite character in this thing. I love that he's crazy. He's a dick. <laughs> I know, it's great. It's so funny. 
But I mean, again, I like that. Uh, 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 total spoilers. At the end of of the most recent episode, which was what three? Um, yeah. I like that Conchu is willing to sacrifice himself, and he knows he's going to be he's go- going to be imprisoned to let them figure out a way to get to to Amit. Like he's like, you know what? They're they're going to lock me up, but I can turn this guy back, and then you guys can figure out where the tomb is, and then you know. Somebody come and rescue me, please. Thank you. Bye-bye. Like, I thought that was kind of, I mean, he's a crazy bastard, but I'm like, oh, at least he's got some kind of, like, priorities in order. He's not just like, well, you guys, good luck. I don't want to (laughs) die. Now, here's the thing. Imagine you live in the MCU. Now, (laughs) we're not sure when this takes place, either before or after blip. But imagine this is before the blip. And you live in the MCU, in like even just in in Egypt. Maybe you might have heard about some of the stuff that's been going on with like you know happened in New York, but that could be you know, it's fucking American bullshit. Yeah, 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 sure. And you look up the night sky, and it's like going crazy, and the stars are changing like this. You'd be like, would you be like, what the hell is going on? Like, you'd yeah. be like, am I going crazy? End of the world. Yeah, pretty much. And if that's what the night side looked like, what does the day side look like? If he's affecting yeah. time and space, and he's seen all these lines, and but uh, yeah, yeah, but it... given what the Earth has gone through in the last five years in that universe, so that's what I'm saying. If it's pre or like post blip, a... right? Depends. It's a different yeah. world if it's pre blip. If it's post blip, then you're like, oh my god, am I getting turned to dust again? Yeah. And even I would be it... more like. Uh... Same shit, different smell. <laughs> Just keep yeah, walking. The, the thing is, is that you, you got to think about it from like what Ryan was saying, like from an Egyptian point of view. So if you are living in Cairo, you probably have only vaguely heard if again, if this is pre blip, you've probably only vaguely heard about the shit that was going on in America because you are so far removed on the other side of the world that, you know, you don't get western news you don't like you probably maybe heard about it on the internet but you know anything can be fake so maybe you don't even buy it nothing has really yeah, happened on their more continent. western propaganda exactly so nothing's really happened on their continent yet so yeah like ryan was saying like all of a sudden this shit happens and you're like okay <laughs> yeah. okay so um according to the Marvel Cinematic Timeline that's, like, basically, if you go on Disney+, Plus, you can watch the MCU in chronological order. Okay. According cool. to it, um, Moon Knight takes place after Hawkeye and about okay. a year after Iron Man's Endgame Snap. Okay. Because that's and- where Hawkeye takes place too is about a year after the right it's one like a year later yeah and i'm just going through the yeah apparently but apparently the main writer apparently the main writer of moon knight didn't know that so (laughs) well and really it's been kind of written in a way and everything we've seen you could it could fit anywhere oh yeah because there's no other references to anything else no one's talked about anything yet Uh, Yeah, but didn't uh, I thought we remember? I thought Hawkeye had like a weird time jump. No, it did, but it had a weird time jump backwards. 
No, it was like uh, no, because it was after the snap, clearly. Yeah. But it was like I thought it was something like five years after. No, because I think. Because Spider Man is only is one year. Yeah, but didn't we have something else that was like a good jump forward after the snap, and then we jumped back? Yeah, well, that Here. was Spider Man. Spider Man, no, uh, uh, far yeah. from home was a one year jump. Yeah, but and I then think before no Spider Man takes... did. Sorry. Didn't after Spider before Spider Man we had a big jump? Well, yeah, that's what I thought. It was Hawkeye was the big jump. Oh, I don't think so. I thought it would happen right after. Oh. Yeah. Anyway, have to go back wobbly, and watch. Doesn't really wobbly. matter. <laughs> do we love it? Yes, we do. So that's yes. all that matters. Exactly. Um, seeing <laughs> when when uh, when is it? Stephen is in control of the body and brings out the suit. Aww. Yeah, mm. I love that. And we that. get like the Mister Moon Knight suit. I love that. And and his first battle there in the second episode that was pretty good. Dude, he punches him. He's like, oh, he was like impressed about how hard he punched the guy. <laughs> yeah. It, I, it's a uh, very different than the Mister Knight in the comics, but I yeah. I like the the idea behind it. I think it fits. Yeah, yeah and I, I liked when um, Mark finally was like, "Okay, fine, Stephen, you could come out and, and solve this for us." And then the little, little transformation, and Layla's like, "Stephen," and he's just he's adorable when he's Stephen. He's just like, "Oh, look, girl," <laughs> <laughs> but I'm gonna impress her with this fancy knowledge I know. And then he's like, "Ha ha, star." <laughs> Fold it and fold it and fold it and there you go. Here's the map. <laughs> yeah. So I love that um you know Mark and Steven both have their uses in this story, besides being the host body. Like, you know, there are times when Mark needs Steven, there are times when Steven needs Mark. So I like that they kind of still need each other and they're not just trying to one up each other. Yeah. Now maybe it's already been made clear and I just haven't gotten it, but is it that so clearly Mark's been around longer and then Steven is a like did he have a mental break and that's where Steven came from or did they get merged together or like what's yeah I guess they really haven't explained is it a, a you know just a you know he had a mental break and that's where this personality came from or is it a they merged their you know they somehow got put t- together or or did Brent, you know what I mean? It it kind of sounded like the way when he's talking to Layla about it that it had been an issue for quite a long time, but it was more under control than it is now. Like she just didn't know about it because he had it kind of under wraps. Okay, and then something has caused it to become an issue. Like well, in the last couple of years, like well, more so. Well, uh, my guess would be probably what we'll find out. Maybe the when he took on the Moon Knight per- the powers and whatever is probably what caused the the real break, like that's the yeah. real mental break. Yeah, I'm thinking Conchu did something to break him because that's what uh, Ethan Hawke's character was saying in the trial. Yeah, it was like you know Conchu's the one that has made him ill and and fractured him and. And Ethan Hawke was saying, like, I got out before it happened to me, which I don't think that's actually what happened. Um, But then Brent mentioned something about a third personality, which don't spoil it, because I don't want to know who the third personality is. Well, now I'm like, it's at a third. Yeah. Yeah. So I can I can talk about it because it's going to be very different than the comic book Mm -hmm. in the in the comics. There are three personalities for the most part, not including the the Bendis run from a couple of years ago where he also gets the the personalities of the Avengers. 
It's a long right. story. Sure. <laughs> but so there's Stephen Grant, there's Mark Spector, and there's Jake Lockley. So Stephen Grant in the comics, this is why I'm saying I'm not really spoiling spoiling anything by talking about it. Stephen Grant in the comics is the first personality that Mark creates as like his Bruce Wayne, essentially like he's rich. He's a millionaire playboy, all that sort of stuff. Mark is the, the actual person who has been a mercenary for a number of years. So it's more like an alias than a split personality. Well, well, yeah, that's yeah. Mark, Mark is the, the, the person and he creates these aliases and then later on, writers wrote them as different personalities. The final one, Jake Lockley, is uh, like kind of his underworld, undercover personality. He's a cab driver who like knows where all the bad joints are and stuff like that to get information and things like that. If if you read Batman, it's it's his matches Malone personality essentially he's a little like rough around the edges but he's not like you know he's not anything other than like an informant and a cab driver essentially so that's why like if the third personality is the this mcu version of jake it's not going to be like this informant cab driver like there's nothing to lead us to believe that's even remotely a possibility. No, because so, so far he's been the one that's been like killing people. Because they, they, in the recent fight where they both come to and they're like, I didn't do this. I yeah. didn't do this. Then who yeah. did? So and, I wonder if um, like they started out as aliases of Mark's and then when he gets his Moon Knight oh, powers maybe. from Khonshu, Khonshu actually, it's his magic that advertently or inadvertently splits them into three distinct personalities. Yeah. Could that be. could be it. Yeah. That's, I like that theory. That uh, the way he, you know, and even then they may have been aliases that he would have acted differently as those people maybe. Yeah. And then now the whole Moon Knight Conchu thing, it broke him and literally broke him into these different personalities. Yeah. I like that, Jen. Thank you. You're welcome. Now I'll, I'll throw <laughs> something out there is is there a possibility that the third personality is actually Conchu? And it's mm-hmm. yeah. Well, that I don't know. Doing the murdering. It's possible, but I mean, because we've seen, you mean like Conchu is still Conchu, but he's been taking over the body. Yes, um, he takes control and says, "Or Conchu doesn't way. even exist." But that, I guess that doesn't really work with uh, no. Ethan Hawke. Because we've seen the other, and we've seen the other avatars. Unless the entire thing is taking place in his head, in which case it's like, mm, cop yeah, and, and they just imprisoned him in a statue, so. Yeah. Mm. I'm really interested to see who wakes up, if somebody wakes up. Yeah. Like, is Mark going to wake up? Is Steven going to wake up? Is his third personality going to wake up? Who's it going to be? Yeah. Now, the now, other the- thing with it is that third personality might not just be, a like, a bloody psychopath. He might be kind of like a, this weird protector personality, even more yeah. so than Mark is, because at, I think we mentioned this last episode. I think it's the third personality who has kind of been taking care of the day to day stuff. So, like, somebody was making sure that, like, that fish lived or was replaced. And it doesn't mm-hmm. seem to be like that it was 
either of the two personalities we've seen so far. Like it, That's it, true. It, it doesn't seem like it was Mark or Steven because Steven noticed that his fish had been replaced. It also doesn't feel like that's something Mark would give two shits about if he was in control. Yeah. Yeah. Or and if- like him getting to work, but being late, stuff like that. Like there's like a couple like sort of like loose ends that sort of make you think that like, oh, well, maybe it's just uh, maybe this third this third personality. Yeah, is ready to murder if he needs to, but doesn't necessarily isn't like. It isn't necessarily bloodthirsty like psychopath. He just he protects the body and the other two personalities at all costs. And Ooh. sometimes that means be, like just getting them to work on time. And other times it means murdering a bunch of dudes. Maybe that's an interesting theory, too. I think we'll find out next week, though. Yay. Now, did you pick up on it? Uh, the uh, the great audio in this third episode when we see Ethan Hawke's character walking in the uh, in the Great Temple, or in the Great Pyramid, sorry, and all you hear is the like the, the broken glass. Yeah, oh. I did, and it made me cringe a little bit. Oh, that's great! This you know, it's, it's a throwback that he's still doing that, and he talks about how he enjoys pain and stuff, right? So, yeah. I thought that was that was great. Alrighty, so so far it's still really enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, it might end up being my my favorite Marvel series so far, but it, it's hard to say. Yeah, it's oh. so different from the other ones, though. It's yeah. difficult yes. to kind of loop it all together. Yeah. Now, have you also noticed uh, at the beginning of the end credits that the moon, the phases of the moon, are shifting with each episode? Yeah, I noticed that. I think on uh, episode oh, I two, I didn't notice that. That's cool. Yeah, when you, I think it's a little, I don't know if we're looking up a, up a well or out a window. I forget. It's kind of framed, but if you watch each episode, the moon. I think we're at like half, about halfway on the moon phases now, which makes me think that there's probably only like, I guess maybe six episodes to the series. Yes, there. That's the they've stated there's only six episodes. So. Yeah. Okay, so that would make sense. So as we're as we're watching, the moon's getting fuller. Hmm. Interesting. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Alrighty, so this sort of segues into uh, Jen's uh, little uh, tests for uh, Ryan and I of sorts. Uh, Jen, studies. you want to? Ex- uh, really oh have. no, I showed up to school in my underwear. <laughs> Not really a would, test. Would you care to explain, Jen? Um. So I was trying to think of what we could talk about after we talked about Moonlight, and I'm like. Hmm. I wonder if there's any uh, MCU conspiracy theories out there of, you know, like predictions or what's going to happen going forward with the MCU. So I thought it'd be fun if I looked up a couple of them online and then I'll read them out to you two and you can let me know or let everybody know what you think about them. Whether it's a plausible one, whether it's probably not going to happen, whether you agree, disagree, that kind of stuff. So see, you don't need to study. Okay, good. Yeah. (laughs) So, let's go with the first one. Yeah, so I looked it up. These are on ScreenRant.com. Uh, 10 wild fan theories and predictions for 2022, according to Reddit. <laughs> and we all are... know that all good things come from Reddit. So, 
I mean, I enjoy Reddit, but I guess it depends on what sub tweet subreddit things you're in. But anyway, <laughs> so the first one is Jennifer Walters slash She-Hulk is Happy Hogan's lawyer. And this theory comes about because in No Way Home, Matt Murdock advises Happy Hogan to find a good lawyer, but the film never addresses whether Happy does or not. So Reddit uh, theorizes that She-Hulk is going to be Happy Hogan's lawyer. What do you guys think? Uh, plausible. All depends on what the what we what She Hulk we get. Like, because she usually She Hulk is a prosecutor. Am I right, Brent? Um, yeah, it it goes back and forth. She's both been defense and and prosecutor, I believe. Okay, so yeah, so it all depends on what you know what kind of a lawyer she is. We all you know we teased and thought for a long time that we we wanted either Matt or Jennifer to be Spider-Man's lawyer and we got Matt, which is great. So why not? Why not have her be Happy's Happy's lawyer? It it really depends on what they're doing with that She-Hulk series on a whole, right? Yeah. Is we we've heard so it's one of those weird things where like we've heard so many things about it but like virtually nothing about it has been confirmed at this point other than like the cast you know and and we've we've seen a very very brief glimpse and that's been about it yeah so i think if 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 we do see find out that she's his lawyer it's just going to be some little side thing it was not going to be a big deal it won't be part of the plot because uh, i don't see them bringing happy in and tying into spider-man that much yeah I know Happy is, you know, they're, you know, he's an MCU character because of the whole Iron Man, but I don't see them necessarily tying that much into, into that Spider-Man movie, especially now it won't matter. Well, at least as far as oh, his connection yeah, to Spider-Man. I guess that really takes away any legal responsibility he has. <laughs> except well, except hmm. for the, if they still found out that Stark Tech, that the drones were Stark Tech, and and any kind of connection to him helping Spider-Man, they just you know, that could still be a thing. It's yeah, because he, it's, he yeah. could still be in trouble for helping Spider-Man, even though he doesn't know who Spider-Man is. Yeah, that's the weird part of this weird spell. Yeah, like it, un- unfortunately, it's what like it makes great narrative sense for that Spider-Man movie, but. Yeah. When that when you try to connect that with everything else, unless they kind of just like have Spider-Man disappear out of the MCU, which is kind of like I think what the backup plan is, the like in case they they don't get anything going with Sony again or Sony decides to take its ball and go home. Uh, but at the same time, it's like it leaves a lot of like these loose ends and weird things that. They they may have to try and deal with or just outright ignore. Yeah. Now, just since there's a perfect, uh, I just read a thing. So sorry to interrupt and kind of tangent us off a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw an article that kind of leaves a, a nice little loophole that could still incorporate Spider Man and sign some people remembering who he is. So I guess after Brand New Day, when Spider Man in the comics had Mephisto make the spell to make everybody forget that Peter Parker was Mm Spider-Man. 
there's a comic storyline where at one point, I guess Peter gets in because of a Loki spell, he gets the Hulk powers transferred to him and he becomes that spider Hulk. Then okay. when they later get the Hulk back into Bruce and uh, I guess Bruce had kind of stayed with Peter kind of helped helping him through or Spider-Man helping him deal with being the Hulk that mm-hmm. when Bruce gets the power back and he's transforming back from Bruce to the Hulk, uh, Spider-Man stays with him to kind of just be there for him. And when he becomes the Hulk again, the Hulk turns to him and goes, Hey Peter, what are you doing here? Mm. And at that point, he shouldn't, nobody should know who he is, but it's a, well, does the Hulk remember because of he you know, being the Hulk and not, you know, it's a priest because he knew before the spell and he's the Hulk and maybe he wasn't the Hulk when the spell was cast. And so it's like Bruce doesn't remember, but the Hulk does, or oh, is it be because cool. of the power transfer thing. But, um, I think it could be more of that. Well, yeah, maybe he he wasn't the Hulk at the time when the spell or when Mephisto put the spell out. So when he became the Hulk again, the Hulk remembers that Peter is his friend, who is Spider Man. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. I I would be interesting to see too if they kind of like the way they started getting around it in the MCU and the sorry in the Marvel comics was if Peter revealed his identity to somebody that knew they would then remember remembering. Like they would, all the I memories so. of him would come back. So that's what happened with him in the Fantastic Four. And and Johnny got really mad at him because he's like, dude, like we were best friends and you made me forget who you were. Aww. That's kind of not cool. And then everything, you know, then they got over it and everything. But it would be interesting if they did that, you know, in the if they were able to find that kind of a loophole for the MCU. So then we can get, you know, MJ and Ned and then just, I hope you know, so. and there's also the theory that, uh, Dr. Strange and Wong may be immune to the spell. Oh, maybe could be, a, you know, since he's, you know, it's like, well, Dr. Strange made the spell. So for the spell to, you know, to him, for him to know the spells there and made the spell, he has to remember. And then yeah. Wong's the sorcerer supreme. So he could just be immune to it. Maybe. Yeah, there's lots of options. Oh yeah, and you could even say, who knows? Maybe if you're in the quantum zone at that at the time, you know, yeah. you miss the blip, so maybe that you miss the spell. Yeah. So there's lots of openings for them to be able to come back and be like, oh, well, this is why so and so remembers. Or I hope so, because that that was the the ending of that movie made me sad. Yeah, I watched it, it was, again the other day. It was good, but it made me sad. <laughs> yeah. All right. Next theory. Uh, so next one on this list is Wanda's chaos magic unleashes the mutants. So according to this theory, uh, Wanda's chaos magic may unleash the mutants. Oh, and then furthermore, this one is stupid. Uh, one Reddit user suggests that the acronym Multiverse of Madness, spelled out as MOM, believes that Wanda could be the mother of mutants. I'm like, mm, that part is stupid. But what do you guys think about Wanda's chaos magic unleashing the mutants into the MCU? Oh, I think it's definitely a possibility. Yep. They've used her magic in the comics to stop all mutants before, so I could see her powers being uh, a side you know, a side effect of her doing something could be to cause mutants, or, you know, we've had our theories on here before about, you know, the mutants and mutants already being, you know, existing, 
and that either someone like Charles or you know or a spell like Doctor Strange's made the world forget about them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The uh, and and it depends on what you want to you want to classify as like creating or sparking. It could be something along the lines of. Um, I hate to use this as an example and spoilers for Morbius. If you are going to go see it is maybe the spell that they use to try and put together the universe after the multiverse stuff in the doctor strange movie becomes an issue. Maybe that pulls the mutants in from another realm. Maybe. Possibly. Yep. That, that way you don't have to deal with like, like I know we're not going to get the full X-Men cast again, like they're like in, unless the dump truck full of money and whatever pulls up the Hugh Jackman's house. And even then, I, I think he's kind of done with Wolverine. He said his piece. He had a really good send off. Um, oh, yeah. I don't think we're going to get a lot of the original cast, original no. actors. No, no. But I think we'll get like I think that like if they do it that way is, you know, that's how they bring Deadpool in. And and you make Deadpool the only one who knows, <laughs> like the uh, like because it, it works right, like it, yeah. just like for his character and how he is portrayed, he should be the one that knows that like some like batshit insane thing has come and happened and brought all the X Men into this new universe that has Spider Man and everything else in it, and but nobody takes him seriously. That'd be oh, fun if they it. they did it as a Deadpool movie, like yeah. it wouldn't. It's not like he's a character in an MCU movie. He it is the Deadpool movie, and he's the main character trying to deal with all this shit happening. And you know, I think you have probably more opportunity for comedy if he suddenly got all these other superpowered people. But he is the main character in the movie. <laughs> well, and who knows? They could be doing something like that with you know, by the time Deadpool three comes around. Mm-hmm. You know, since it's going to be after all this stuff, if they introduce things, they could use that movie to be like, you know, address all the stuff that like that the audience like us is like, well, how does this work now? And then he could just be like, what the hell? Like, wait, who, what? What? He's, yeah. huh? And this, what? And, but, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. All right. I, I still think they missed the boat by not putting him in Endgame. Yeah. <laughs> like, just having him pop out of one of the portals. And like somebody like, who are you? And he's like, I know it's weird, right? I'll explain after this. And then he's just like, pew, 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 pew. <laughs> and like, there's no explanation. All right. Next theory. Right, next one. Uh, the reality stone altered Jane Foster's DNA, which gave her the power to wield Mjolnir. Mew, mew. So uh, one theory has the reality stone in the dark world likely mutated Jane's DNA to develop Thor-like powers, but not before developing cancer. Of course, the cancer is a bit shocking and worrying, but the theory seems pretty convincing, according to ScreenRant.com. I'm going to say no. Yeah, because I don't think being able to lift Mjolnir has nothing to do with DNA. Mm. It's yeah. just whether you're worthy. That That's why Cap was able to pick it up in Endgame. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And, right, uh, and Vision, right? <laughs> Vision's been able to pick it up. In the MCU, yes. we've got two characters. Yep. Did Vision pick it up? Yep. Yeah. And uh, when we first see him, maybe that's when Thor's like, well, I'm okay with this guy, because he picks it up and hands it to him. Oh, right, right, right. That was the first time in that whole movie, that was in the beginning of that movie, they all trying to lift it up. Yeah, except for uh, Black Widow, who's like, nope. 
Yeah. Say, I don't need that judgment. Yeah. <laughs> oh God, there's been so many movies. It's hard to keep all that stuff straight. Oh, I know. Uh, all right. Next theory. Namor resurrects Killmonger in Black Panther: Wakanda Forever. So this, who's Namor? <laughs> Namor is the ruler of Atlantis. He's also sometimes considered the first oh. mutant. Oh, is he the Submariner? Yes. Yes. Ah. So this one, Reddit uh, predicts that the sequel will see the return of Killmonger resurrected by Namor. They are not officially confirmed to appear in the film, making the fa- theory a bit far-fetched. However, many fans believe that Namor will debut in Wakanda Forever, given a subtle reference in Avengers Endgame. So this theory showcases an interesting take. So the subtle reference in Endgame is that little bit of talk about uh, when Black Widow asks, um, what's her name? The uh, the Wakandan soldier guardian chick. Um, the one from Walking Dead. I don't remember her name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, asks her... So Ask her about the uh, the earthquake in the ocean, and she's like, "It was an earthquake in the ocean." I'm like, "What are we doing about it? Nothing. It was an earthquake in the ocean." Mm-hmm. So a lot of people ever since then have thought that, "Oh, this is Atlantis. It's Submariner. That's a hint. Blah blah blah. Could be, might not be. We don't know." Uh, do I think that Submariner or you know? that Namor is uh, going to be in this next movie? Yes. Yes, I do. Do I think Killmonger is going to be in the movie? Um, I think he will be now that um, the original Black Panther actor passed, uh, passed away. Mm, And Chadwick Boseman. Yes. Thank you. And we never saw a body. So. I I don't don't... know if they should resurrect Killmonger. I think that he's he's had his character arc. No, but I mean, like, even resurrect him into the movies. Like, I think he's had his his character arc. He's had his story. They should keep going forward. But, I mean, I don't write the movie, so what do I know? Yeah. Uh, But he's a great actor, and the character was good. And, you know, he's one of those villains that, up until a certain point, you're kind of going to be like, yeah, I get his point of view. Yeah. So... You know, you could bring him back and show that maybe he's been rehabilitated. Yeah, was he redeemed at the end of of uh, Black Panther? When no. before he died? Uh, no, or did no, he, no I, really. I can't. Remember. I didn't think so. But we don't so, see a body. Like he like, doesn't he fall off the edge or something, or he gets beaten. But we don't see he, like, we don't see stabbed. a dead body. Hmm? <laughs> I thought he got stabbed and then died in Chadwick Boseman's arms. I don't know. Maybe he's dead. I but he, like so, you don't you don't see him buried in it's a superhero movie. So, so Namor has Wakanda, so Namor has the power to bring back the dead? No. No, that's why it makes no sense. No. <laughs> oh, Unless I Unless they're that. adding that little power set to him. <laughs> they're trying to tie the Atlantis theory into I want Killmonger back. I get it. <laughs> yeah. All right, next one. Adam Warlock debuts in the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. So Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 will not be released until 2023. Fans will see their favorite hilarious intergalactic team in a holiday special, uh, which will be a lead up to Volume 3. So then one of the Reddit users predicts that the holiday special will be the formal introduction of Adam Warlock. Maybe. Yeah. He was introduced. No, he was cast, but he hasn't been introduced into the MCU yet, right? 
No, because he's not supposed to be. Uh, he's he was cast and he's acting in Guardians Three. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, could he show up in the in the holiday special? Maybe. I didn't yeah, even know there was a it. holiday special. Yeah, they, yeah, they announced too. it a while ago, and it's one of those things that like it's weird. We, we've got like two Marvel holiday specials on the yeah. way because there's also the Halloween one, and like. It's one of those things that, like, oh, yeah, that's happening. But everybody kind of forgot. Mm. Yeah. So it would be interesting to be, like, little one-off. See how long they are. Is it, like, just, like, a one-off, like, one-hour episode thing? Or are they a full-length? I don't see it being a full-length movie. Because then uh-huh. it's a whole movie, right? Yeah. Oh, no idea. So that one is, uh, it's possible. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, next one. The villains of Secret Invasion are the Kree. So this one is because uh, the Skrulls have been on Earth since forever. They think that um, the villains are likely the Kree who have invaded Earth through sleeper cells. Maybe. Again, uh, possible. Yeah, Don't know which way it's going to go because yeah. you know, we've seen good Skrulls, but... Mm. In the comics, there's also been good scrolls and bad scrolls. Like we've seen more bad scrolls than good scrolls. But yeah, secret. Correct me if I'm wrong, Ryan. Secret invasion in the comics, it's like a religious sect, isn't yes. it? Like, like it's a a group of scrolls we hadn't really seen much up until that point. Yeah, and I believe uh, it was kind of as a result of their homeworld being destroyed by Galactus. Yeah. And so these guys who were kind of exiled now are like the main revenant of what's left of the of the Skrull Empire. And they, yeah, they use their influence to kind of build up their forces and then slowly, you know, body snatch people and mix and match with new and old heroes and chaos ensues. Mm, okay, two more. Because I'll skip over this one. Um, All right. So a variant of Scarlet Witch is the villain in Multiverse of Madness. So this Reddit user is predicting that it is not the Scarlet Witch that we have known from the current MCU and WandaVision, but a variant Scarlet Witch from another multiverse who is the villain in that movie. Plausible. Yeah, that's basically what this one came to as well. (laughs) Um, Oh, so I had a new revelation in watching the trailer again the other day. Remember I brought up the point where when he walks into that room with the chairs, one of the silhouettes looks like they have a sword. Mm. And I was like, Oh, who could this be? Is it played? Well, in one of the newer trailers, you see master Mordo and he's pulling a sword off his back. So I think that silhouette is Mordo. Was it Mordo the villain or about to be villain? Yes. Oh. And he's kind of a villain, you know, possibly. You know, I could, you know, in the trailer, he does seem to be sitting, in, you know, at least talking about being in judgment over Stephen about how the things he's done has brought mm-hmm. him to this point, right? So, and with his quest to go and like take magic from people that shouldn't be using it or are using it inappropriately, uh, who knows what he, you know, if he could have found himself onto the some multiversal judgment committee, right? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Uh, okay, last one. Uh, Gore the God Butcher encounters an injured Hela and obtains the Necrosword from her. 
this is a whole bunch of stuff I don't understand. So, okay, this says uh, Oscar-winning Christian Bale is going to portray Gore the God Butcher in Thor Love and Thunder. Most popular theories suggest that Gore obtains his powers from the Necrosword, last wielded by Hela. Furthermore, he must confront an injured Hela to possess this item and kill her. Most fans know that Hela was the main villain believed to be killed by Surtur in Ragnarok, so it seems wild that Hela could still be alive. However, many Reddit users have suggested this theory about Gore's origins, adding some plausibility to this potential prediction. I don't so, think she necessarily needs to be alive for this theory. I could see him going to the ruins of Asgard and finding the sword there. Or even if it's, uh, you know, in the battle, she gets thrown from Asgard and, you know, lands on his planet and he finds her. And maybe, you know, to just go with this theory of him taking the sword and killing her, uh, if it's anything like in the comics where he becomes... uh, upset with the gods for not stepping in and helping him and answering his prayers that while if a god falls from the sky with this weapon and maybe he takes it and like yeah maybe he grabs it and like stabs her with it and finishes her off type thing to become you know a little more god butchery Mm. yeah i don't know i don't even think the tone for the character for the rest of the movie right yeah now do i think she's even going to be in the movie no i don't think she's even in the movie but if anything, they might just like make reference to it. They probably yeah. show it. He would just be like, "Oh, I got this one. I was wandering around Asgard, and hey, yeah. look, fancy sword. Yeah. I killed you. Well, yeah, maybe, and maybe he has the sword. And Thor's like, "Hey, that was my sister's sword. Where the hell did you get it?" And say, "Oh, that was your sister. Yeah, I killed her. Take that." <laughs> and he's like, "No, no, no, no. I killed her." <laughs> then they find uh, out who killed her. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, those are some of the theories that were listed on the ScreenRant.com, 10 wild fan theories and predictions. I skipped over a couple just for the sake of time. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, let us know if uh, you agree or disagree with any of the uh, theories that have shown up on this on ScreenRant or or what uh, we were discussing. Or if, or you, if have you have any, your own, share them I with just us. about to say that. Or if you have any theories of your own, let us know. Yep. All right. Well, that was a little bit of fun, but brings us to the end of another episode, which means geek picks. Who wants to go first? I'll go first. Okay. All right. So I've decided to reach over to my comic book shelf beside me and pull off a book. And it is my geek pick, uh, a well-timed geek pick. Um, I have chosen Return of the Jedi Infinities. Now, the Star Wars Infinities stories were kind of a, the the Dark Horse's Star Wars What If book. And they would take, like, the the original trilogy movies and change one or two little things. And then see how, and then the story would play out from there. Uh, In Return of the Jedi, one of the things that changes is uh, Han becomes uh, blind after he's let out of carbonate. It doesn't, he doesn't get his sight back. And so that changes the story. Um, another plot point at by the end, uh, Vader doesn't die. He he survives the, the end and becomes good. And you get um, a, a white costume Darth Vader, which uh, we are getting an action figure of in the next couple uh, months or sometime over the next year. 
uh, based on this comic book. So that's why it's my geek pick. Jen. So my geek pick is uh, a show on Netflix called Kipo and the Age of Wonder Beasts. Um, I don't remember if anybody else that has this as their geek pick before because um, I just kind of figured it found it. <laughs> Did you watch? Never this? heard of it. No. Okay. So I don't know. I finished watching um, uh, Owl House on Disney Plus and um, Gravity Falls on Disney Plus. So I was looking for another kind of like fun animated show just to kind of watch on my lunches while I'm working from home. And uh, I thought I'd try this one. So I've only watched like three episodes and there's like four seasons, but each each season's only like 10 episodes, I think. So it's about it takes place in a post-apocalyptic future. Uh, and it's about a girl named Kipo who, uh, is from a group of, is, she lives with a group of humans underground. So she doesn't really know what's happened on the surface after these apocalypse, as far as I gather. And what happens is she gets washed out of her burrow, which is what they call the underground colonies, um, and ends up on the surface and the surface is covered in mutes, which are mutants and they're, you know, giant insects or <laughs> lumber cats. <laughs> I love the lumber cats. Uh, they're cats that are lumberjacks and they're wearing plaid and they worship like they're, they're kind of like half Vikings, half lumberjacks and they're adorable. Uh, there's like, uh, there are these frogs in suits that are kind of like the mafia. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's so weird. Uh, and so it's this girl who's trying to, she's got to like survive all this weirdness on the surface and she's, hasn't been jaded by living on the surface and having to deal with all this craziness. So she's always of the positive attitude of let's see if they'll be friends with us and let's ask them for help. And so she befriends a girl who lives on the surface named Wolf. And they call her that because she wears a wolf cape. Basically she's got like the head piece and a cape and Wolf is the one who basically keeps her from dying when she's like, Ooh, what's this giant thing do if I poke it? <laughs> uh, and it's super cute. I'm really enjoying it. Um, it's, you know, pretty light so far, but again, I'm only like three or four episodes into it. So I don't know if it'll get a really dark turn, but, uh, I think it's really cute and fun. So I recommend that if you have Netflix, you give it a shot. Cool. Hmm. Um, uh, my geek pick is, uh, something that I believe Kevin made a geek pick quite a while ago. And it is the show, what we do in the shadows it, based off of the movie, what we do in the shadows. It's a office-style documentary, quote-unquote, show uh, about vampires living in, is it Long Island? Staten Island. Staten Island. And uh, it is great. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The last episode we watched um, had the Vampire Council, which includes members of the cast from the original movie, as well as a whole whack of actors who have played vampires in other movies like Wesley Snipes coming in as a zoom call and Tilda Swinton. And And they're not, they're not playing They're They're playing themselves as vampires. Or or at least that's what they're named as. Yeah. They mentioned how Tom and Keith can make it. Uh, It's such a funny show and it's, it's so good. Especially, like, it, it just takes the piss out of vampires all the, <laughs> all the way through. And uh, I'm looking forward to continuing watching it. 
So after that, I can get into the pirate show that is made by yes. the same team. Our flag means death. So. I've, st- I've started watching that. It's pretty good. Yeah. All right. That's it for this episode. But before we go, a shout out to our patrons. Woo! We do have a Patreon. You can find it at patreon.com slash true north nerds. And we thank everybody who is able to contribute. And if you can't, that's cool. Just go to your local uh, uh, local <laughs> podcasting app of choice and uh, rate review us. Give us a good review. It helps keep us in the algorithm and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. So uh, for patrons, we have Rhino Vision. Alex James, Team Woods, who is also responsible for our nice little uh, truenorthnerds.com. Thank you. We have Mike Hammond, uh, Gavin, and, of course, Rex. So thank you all for helping us out. It it is very much appreciated. And, uh, yeah, thank you again. Mm-hmm. Next episode, uh, probably going to be heavy on the Star Trek with the uh, with, uh, Kevin coming back. But also, uh, we'll, we'll, by the time we come back, uh, Moon Knight will be... Alive? Yeah, will almost be over. Not quite. So Ooh. we'll probably have a little bit of a run up on that, too. Uh, I'm what? excited to see how that one ends. <laughs> Yeah. So until next time, uh, stay happy and healthy, everybody, as much as you can. Bye. Such a phaser's Thank you for listening to the True North Nerds. You can find us at truenorthnerds.com or on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at True North Nerds. To contact one or any of the nerds, you can email them at truenorthnerds at gmail.com. Theme music provided by Kirby Crackle. You can find more of their music at kirbycracklemusic.com. If you like this show, please go to your podcast app of choice and rate and review us. Such a phaser's to say.